the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line with Philip Naiman. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Vortex Optics, Vortex, The Force of Optics, and by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Well, folks, welcome to another edition of Firing Line Radio. This is Philip Naiman here. Uh, actually, I'm welcoming myself back to another edition of Firing Line Radio Show because I've been gone for a couple of weeks. And uh, fortunately, uh, one of the best people in the world out here in California, Rick Travis, has been filling in for me for a couple of weeks. And uh, he's the uh, he's the head of development for the California Rifle and Pistol Association. Executive director keeps rolling off my tongue there, but it's, it's the other way around there. Um, let me silence my cell phone because I'm a professional. Anyway, <clears throat> Rick Travis has uh, filled in for me, did a great job. And obviously, we're talking about what's going on in California and the world. And we have a lot of that to go over. But a couple of things I wanted to catch you guys up on. So this August, um, as you know, if you've been following me at all, you know, I've, I've signed up to do a sheep hunt. And that's if you're watching on the video, you see how much gray hair I have. That's kind of a big thing at this point in life. So, uh, physical thing, financial thing, time-wise, it's it's all a big commitment. So this is something I've been wanting to do since I was 15 years old. And um, we're doing it. So I've been doing the training. Uh, we did take a couple of weeks off going to the Caribbean with my wife. Um, we're going to call that the rest period in the training. You know, we have to. Recovery. My, my recovery was done in the, in the Caribbean, and uh, I think that worked out pretty well. But really excited about this. So we're doing weekly hikes. If you guys watch this on the Facebook page, I'll post where I'm going to go. If anybody wants to join me, that's great. You know, between 6 to 10 miles long and uh, climbing some stupid mountains that are out here and just getting ready for it. Finding new territory, too, which has been really interesting. Some of the areas I've uh, been hiking, I've never been to before, and I've lived out here in Southern California my whole life. But just grabbing a map book and saying, let's go check out this ridge or this canyon. And it, it's really interesting what is local that we have access to, you know, 30 minutes from the house. So there's a lot of interesting stuff there. And I want to make sure that uh, it's open if anybody wants to join me. Also, if you want to go shooting, you know, we do, we go out to the desert and make big rocks into little rocks. And uh, also go out to West End Gun Club and, and shoot there. So just, uh, Reach out to us on the, on the Facebook page, and I'll let you know what's going on. If you guys want to join me, that would be great. Um, but it is—it's serious hiking, so it's <laughs> just be aware. We're going to go up the hills because that's what the whole training is about. So excited about that! Kuyu has also uh, come on board and is helping us with some of the equipment for this hunt because it's very specific. You know, you're talking about an Arctic hunt, a lot of rain, a lot of weather, very terrible terrain. I don't even know why I'm going now that you think about that. You know, put, put all that together. How does that sound like 
on, right? Maybe I should go back to the Caribbean. But um, please come along bo- uh, on along board. You know, we're also trying to, to work with some new loads with cutting edge bullets. So it's going to be kind of exciting. So it's a year long project for me. Well, started a few months back, ending in August, and uh, really looking forward to that. So anyway, wish me luck on that, guys, and I'll let you know what's going on. Last night, we were recording this on Thursday, but last night on Wednesday night, I was involved with the California Rifle and Pistol Association, Riverside San Bernardino chapter uh, monthly meeting. I had neglected to be involved in these things before, but because of the stupidity that is COVID, we're all learning about the technology that's out here and able to do Zoom meetings and so forth and go to meeting, whatever. And so without leaving your home, you're able to participate in these meetings. And I think that that's a huge advantage because six o'clock at night, you worked all day, you've got to do other things, you know, but this new technology is going to allow us to be more involved. And so we did this on, on a go to meeting last night with California Rifle and Pistol Association. And, and uh, Rick, you were on a, on a different legislative call, but tell us a little bit about these monthly meetings and how that works. Uh, these monthly meetings are designed to allow everybody in the 2A community to come together. We give out the information that is going, and obviously during the legislative season, as we'll talk in a few minutes, things sometimes change hourly, nightly, and allows us to update the people where it's going. It allows, uh, I know last night we had Roy Griffith, our lobbyist, on, so he was able to answer some questions and put some information out there. Um, Part of our, our goal is to have people operate off of facts, not fear so that they have the facts in there and they're able to, to help other members in the community know what's really going on. And the other part is to help build that sense of community because you know we're while we're all Second Amendment advocates, um, some of us, I, I call, um, I hate the term, but you have more of a global view because you do lots of different things. And some of us are more in a very directed path. You might be just a duck hunter, you might just be a competitor, or you, know, you just may teach people basic skill sets. And so it's to kind of let everybody know what's going on because the attacks that are coming from uh, both Sacramento, or as you like to say, excremento, or from uh, Washington, D.C. I don't, uh, I don't like to say it. It's just more accurate. Yeah. <laughs> but are very, very directed. And uh, I'll talk about that in a little bit. But it's a chance to do that. And also, you know, one of the things I've heard for years, and I know you have, because sometimes we stood next to each other, is people going, I didn't even know about this event, or I didn't know about that event, or this opportunity, or that opportunity. And that's because at times we can be very isolated outside of COVID, like when things were what we used to call normal, and not know. And so part of this is to be a clearinghouse for information, and also for when things go wrong. I mean, a lot of times, you know, the NRA, us, GOC, which is Governors of California, we get yelled at, like, how did you not know in the little town of, you know, Podunk? in San Bernardino County or Orange County, whatever county it might put on might be in, that we have this big attack on the Second Amendment. Well, we're not the ones that get your water bill. We're not the ones that get the notices locally. And so until someone sounds that alarm. So this is actually a two-way street. It's allow us to disseminate information, opportunities, training, support to the people in, in that chapter's area. But it's also a force multiplier for you to tell us, oh, this assemblyman or this water board member are going after us so we can respond more quickly. And that allows the money that we raise to go a lot farther because if I can use our staff to kill something before it ever gets to be a law like we'll talk about or 
that we save money on litigation. We save money on a lot of areas and we knock it out early. Exactly. The other thing was um, the quick draw guys, you know, some of the guys that actually had them on the show, I don't know, maybe two, three years ago now, but um, they came on, they did a demonstration. It's kind of fun, you know? And uh, so you're able to do that. We couldn't do that at a monthly meeting because you have other issues, but it was really cool. So we did that. We did some Q and a, uh, got to meet new people. And, you know, one of the things that, that came up and it's, you kind of just hit on it there about how focused people are in their own channels. We need to realize that we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. You know, if you listen to like, like John and Ken, okay. On a different station, but they're pretty popular. You hear these guys, they talk about the slippery slope all the time. And it's true. Well, it really comes into effect in the Second Amendment community, and it comes into an effect in the hunting community. And both of those are blended. It's an overlay. One is an overlay of the other. You can't have one without the other. I don't care if you don't hunt. Um, I don't care if you're a duck hunter who doesn't want an AR-15. It's an overlay. Our rights are connected. And we need to understand that if we're, if we're losing rights on the firearm side, you're going to be losing them on the hunting side. If you're losing them on the hunting side, it's a preemptive strike for the firearm side. So we have to be combined on that. And when people are focused on just what they want to do, they don't understand that there's a lot more that, that is involved and we need to make sure that um, we work together. For instance, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb here and say some things. This is truth telling 101, right? I personally do not like AK-47. I don't like SKS. I just don't like it. Not my cup of tea. Um, but that doesn't mean I'm going to let anybody try and pass a bill that's going to outlaw them, right? It's not. And, and so if you're, well, I'm just a duck hunter and I just have, you know, I have my over-unders and that's all I need because Joe Biden says just shoot two shots off the back balcony, violating rules and laws. But anyway, um, you know, that's all we need. Well, it's not all we need. Our rights are given for self-defense, not only for personal self-defense, but for self-defense against tyranny. Mm-hmm. And, you know, an over-under shotgun, although it's better than nothing, it's pretty close on the, on the nothing scale when it comes to tyranny. So we have to understand that every attack on the Second Amendment is an attack on all of us. And it's not, that's okay. I don't shoot a 50 BMG, so who cares, right? That's the wrong mentality. We have to get that out of our heads because we either all, we, we, we work together or we all hang separately. Right. That's really what we're looking at here. So every single defense, whether it's lead ammunition used for hunting, whether it's lead ammunition for not being allowed for for waterfowl, which is where all that started. Right. Whether it's high cap magazines. Well, I don't care. I only shoot skeet. You should care because they're coming for you next. Your over under is a semi-automatic. Boom, boom. Right. So. People have to understand that this is all lining up, coming at us in all directions, and we have to make sure that we are doing what we need to do to defend our rights. And that's the brilliance of the California Rifle and Pistol Association. What Rick's doing here is he's bringing these groups together. Rick, we've got a few seconds if you want to. Yeah, the one thing I'll add really quick is we have to start looking at that. We're broadening our base, and part of that broadening that base is realizing that there's a lot of other people that are connected to us through hunting, like chefs and other people that we get them on our side. And when we cut our own nose to spite ourselves, that's really stupid. So we're going to stop doing that. Folks, Philip Neyman, Fireman Radio Show. We'll be right back after this. AM 590, the answer. 
This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. Hey, folks, welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show. Check us out at FiringLineRadio.com, where all the podcasts are at. How many podcasts? A ton of them. We've been doing this for a long, long time. When I started this, I had dark hair. So the entire time we've been doing this, we've had a great sponsor, Vince Torres, Bullseye Sports, Guns, and Ammo in Riverside. He has been there from the beginning. He's been a great sponsor of this show. We're here because he has been out there sponsoring us. So thank you for that, Vince. And reciprocally, if you need to buy firearms, not need, when you're buying your firearms, your ammunition, your gear, your safe, anything else, head on down to Bullseye Sports, Guns, and Ammo in Riverside, corner of Brockton and Arlington. 951-823-0211, 951-823-0211. And as I learned last night, he's actually going to be doing a quick draw uh, demonstration competition coming up with the, uh, the the local deputies, the fast draw deputies that were on the, the program for the California Rifle Pistol Association's meeting last night. So he's going to host that in his store. So that should be a lot of fun. And you'll find out more about that coming up. Okay. Back here, I have Rick Travis, the Rick Travis. Not Randy Travis. He's in trouble. Rick Travis from the Director of Development for the California Rifle and Pistol Association. And one of the best things about this guy is not only is he super hardworking, very intelligent, but he's got all the info that we need to help protect our rights. And, of course, in California, being ruled from excremento on high, we're going to have another flood I guess if it's a flood from excremento, it's a sewage leak. So we're going to have a sewage leak of bills attacking our rights coming towards us this time. So, um, hey, let us know. Let's let's know what's up here, Rick. What's what's our favorite one we have coming? Oh, there's no favorites. Uh, You know, one of the problems that we we've anticipated was with the change of government in Washington, D.C., and as many of your listeners have said, is when is enough enough? And for a long time, I was waiting to see what the crossing of the Rubicon was going to be, when they were just going to finally shut it and say, you know, well, we're coming for your guns and we're actually going to do that. And uh, unfortunately, I think this morning, um, most of your people listening to the show are going to know this is it because it, it, it's now on. So uh, I'll come back and talk about, you know, the national stuff later on in the program with you. But we'll start off with Assembly Bill 311. And this is going after gun shows. And it will prohibit a vendor at a gun show or event from possessing, displaying, offering to sell, or transferring any firearm precursor part. Now, most people would go, well, what's the precursor part? That has yet to be defined by the legislature and the Department of Justice. So in other words, we're passing a law that says you can't have something that we will define at a later date. And I love your expression on your face, Phil. Um, but it also, this is what they're doing. It additionally requires the gun show producers. So let's take one of the biggest ones in the state, which is Crossroads. They put on shows everywhere. It would give them up to a $5,000 fine and a five-year prohibition per part that is yet to be defined, that a state employee found at a gun show that they were sponsoring, and they would lose that part. They would never be able to do a gun show for a year anywhere in the state. So find one undefined part, as we sit right now, 
at a gun show. I mean, that makes it physically impossible for anybody to do anything at one right. of these uh, gun shows. And so the precursor part, what they're alluding to was the rash. I mean, the thousands, the millions of ghost guns that kept showing up at crime scenes. Oh, wait, no. Was there one? Anyway, which was also a short-barreled rifle, which made it extremely illegal federally already. Right? Forget right. the fact that uh, it was a manufacturer. He was already federal felon on, on many cases before he decided to do the criminal act with that gun. But if you have a CNC machine, right, that any CNC machine can be programmed to create anything. And maybe they need to ban CNC machines because that would kill all the manufacturing jobs in California also, which is another thing that they want to do. But a CNC machine and a six-pound block of aluminum can be programmed to create anything. So it could create an AR-15 lower. It could create an M-16 lower. It could create a doorstop. Uh, it could create fishing weights. So the, when you load your CNC machine for whatever purposes you want, there's an ingot that goes in there. And if somebody wanted to make a AR-15, sorry about that, somebody wanted to make an AR-15 lower, it would be about a six-pound block of aluminum that's used for that. So if they're saying that a six-pound block of aluminum is a precursor part, I mean, anything, you could say, well, geez, it could be done out of a three-pound part, whatever. I mean, if somebody had a block of aluminum, I don't know why you would, but somebody had a block of aluminum there, they could say that that's a precursor part when in fact it could be manufactured into anything else. So it's, it is such a wide scoping, wide sweeping rule. They're simply trying to get everything in there. It's, it's we're going to make this illegal and everything, including the kitchen sink. Right. right. But it's also you know, devious in the standpoint of they're already amending Prop 63 by doing these things. So when we had told people back in 2016, if Proposition 63, which was a copy of the Gunmageddon bills, ever got through, it wouldn't stop with the language in Prop 63. They would come back and start to expand that through bills, which is exactly what they're doing. Well, and again, so here's, here's, here's where their brilliance is, okay? They're nefarious. I don't like them, but they're tenacious little buggers that just won't go away. Not everybody wants to make their own AR-15 or right. make their own – nobody wants to go out there and drill a barrel out and make a muzzleloader, right? So right. they're looking at a very small portion of, the, of, of our Second Amendment community that's even affected by this. So what happens? Everybody else sits around and goes, ah, I don't want to be – I don't have a CNC. I don't want to do that. I'm, I don't have a jig, whatever. So they don't defend that. And right. now that's gone. And then what do they do? Then they come for the next piece. And well, it's, it's actually more ahead. devious. It's it's what, exactly what you're saying, Phil. But why it's so devious is because, you know, now if I'm that guy or gal that's like, hey, I'm just not into that, so it doesn't apply to me. Yes. But that means literally, you know, at gun shows all the time, you see people with five-pound blocks of what used to be a VW engine of magnesium, you know, for people to use for fire starters as preppers. Well, if I'm a state employee, maybe I know that's a magnesium. Maybe I think it's aluminum. Maybe I think that's a precursor part. So now I shut down the gun show. Guess what? Now you lost everything you cared about, and that gun show is not coming back for a year. And I guarantee you those slots get filled up. So when the gun show guns are coming back, people are like, eh, no, sorry. We already filled those spots because they're not going to lose money at those grounds. Right, right. We're having the cannabis show. 
Right. Yeah, and, and and again, we have to defend all of it. We have to be on the on the side where we're defending our Second Amendment rights, even if you're not going to partake in in creating an AR-15 or whatever else you want to do, even doing for AK-47s. I mean, I actually saw a demonstration where a guy took a shovel, hammered it flat, bent it, created an AK-47 lower out of it. So a shovel is a precursor part. Correct. All right. Hey, tell me, tell me some more good news. But what about, what about uppers? What about other parts? Is a precursor part? Could it be a flash? Uh, a muzzle brake? Could it? A this precursor could be a, an be entire shovel just on this bill. <laughs> but there's more, because uh, <laughs> this is your California Assembly and and Senate. So uh, Levine, who always is looking for a way to go after us, has come up with an excise tax on a retailer and amount of $25 per firearm on the sale of any handgun, semi-automatic rifle, or shotgun sold as new, and will add an excise tax on the retailer of, we don't know what percentage, yet to be decided, for the gross receipts for the sale of ammunition. So if ammunition wasn't already expensive, what they want to do is pass a law that says the legislature gets to decide what percentage of gross receipts on ammunition gets taxed. Well, that sounds like something Nancy Pelosi would do, that we have to pass this law so we can find out what's in it, right? Correct. We need to pass this blank check so we can find out, well, maybe it's 10, 20, 30, 150%. We don't know yet. We'll decide later. We're just going to pass this. We'll tell you little people, you little people, what's going on. Now, we're seeing an exodus. I might be jumping ahead here a little bit, but we're seeing an exodus of people leaving California. And one of the reasons is Second Amendment laws, right? They see this all the time. But as I've said before, Texas is almost purple. Arizona is blue. Nevada's blue, right? Um, Colorado's blue. Uh, you know, Magpul, I believe, Colorado. Um, so... You're not going to be escaping this on a national level. You need to think about fighting it where you are. And I'll let you finish that segment here, Rick. Look no further than Houston, Texas and Jackson Lee, who has now got H.R. 127, which is Gunmageddon, wrapped up all up in one bill with a lot of other nastiness in it. We'll talk about that when we come back. FiringLandRadio.com. Have questions about handgun safety? local sports shooting events, or your Second Amendment rights? Just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Get practical advice, no sales pitch. Vince is a straight shooter when it comes to sharing his advice and years of gun experience. Whether you're a seasoned gun owner or a newcomer, at Bullseye Sport, they welcome everyone, especially ladies considering a firearm for the first time. When they go to our store, we want to give them something that they're going to feel comfortable with. And if you're looking to purchase a gun, ammo, or accessories... If we don't have it, we will get it for you. For all the answers to your rifle and handgun questions, just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport. 951-823-0211. Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Proud sponsor of the Firing Line Gun Show, Saturdays at 1 p.m. on AM 590. Follow Bullseye Sport on Facebook for your inventory updates or call 951-823-0211. 951-823-0211. AM 590, the answer. 
This portion of the firing line is brought to you by CCW Safe by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. Spartans, lay down your weapons. Persians, come and get them. Move on lobby Saturday, folks. I hope that came out okay. Sounds kind of weird on our end, but anyway. Folks, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show, here with Rick Travis, California Rifle and Pistol Association. You need to be a member because these guys are in the fight, and that's what we're about. CRPA.org. If you can't give them your time, then give them all your money um, because they're coming for your money anyway. We just heard about taxes and excises and pass, pass this law so we can tell you how much we want to tax you later. Um, you know what? We need to fight this. And how do you do that? You do it with your checkbook. So write them some big checks. Rick, are you taking checks still? Oh, we're taking checks. We're taking anything we can get in this fight because it's getting nastier and nastier. Exactly. They need your help. They need your support because it's not free. You know, one of the things that is it's unfair. Now, I know life is unfair. But one of the things that's extremely unfair in this battle is that every time an idiot legislator, I don't want to mention anybody, but the initials might be like, say, Levine, uh, decides to create a law or to try and pass something, it costs him not even the ink in his pen because we bought the pen, right? It costs him nothing to create this horrific nightmare that Rick and Chuck Michelle and you and me and everybody else has to go out and fight, waste our time fighting this, wasting our money fighting this. And then next year he comes out with another one. It's done on purpose to drain our treasury, to drain our mental activity and and to keep us chasing our tails. So these guys have got to be replaced. Uh, We were just talking about how a lot of people think that leaving California is Nirvana. Colorado is crazy. It's voted for Barack Hussein twice and and, uh, Biden this last time around, right? Colorado is not what you thought it was. Rocky Mountain High is a whole new meaning. Uh, Arizona, New Mexico's crazy. Texas is on the bubble. You know, we've got problems nationwide. And leaving California to, to go to another state thinking that you're safe, you're really not. And especially because California, with our, can I say idiotic? Yeah, let's just try that word. Our idiotic Congress people and our idiotic senators, um, they make national laws. They vote on national. Nancy Pelosi, if you lived in Texas, Nancy Pelosi is still going to determine what happens in Texas, right? So we have to fight them all the way around. And proof of this is Sheila Jackson Lee, SJL, social justice loser, Sheila Jackson Lee, um, came out with HR 127, which, you know, we're like, so what? We're already there. But this is the rest of the world getting a rest of the United States getting a wake up call because this is federal legislation. And with Biden, those are going to be passed. Then we have to rely on maybe John Roberts allowing this to be fought in the Supreme Court. Maybe, right? We don't know if that's going to happen or not. But the rest of the world is starting to wake up to this. So, Rick, tell us about H.R. 127. It's basically Prop 63 on steroids. Worse than 63. Right. And what they're doing is they're bringing it back to level all the rest of the field to California. And the fact is it's not just... Um, people who are pro 2A who have moved out of California, these other places. It's a lot of the people that voted for other things here in California that raised their taxes, made it more difficult to do some of the things they wanted to do. And then they moved to another part of the, the country, Colorado, Idaho, and go, oh, they don't have those really cool laws that caused me to leave. So they bring them with them and recreate the mess 
And so what has happened now is we're seeing the merging of the federal and the state of California come together. And on a couple of the bills that I'm getting ready to tell you about, you will see that there's an old saying that when Julius um, had to figure out if he was going to cross the Rubicon and go in and send himself up to Caesar, and it's the whole idea that once you cross the Rubicon, there's no going back. They're crossing the Rubicon on the Second Amendment. And bringing that back to what you said, both exiting the last segment and starting this one up, people get this fatigue in the Second Amendment community of why can't we just have one fight be done and left alone? And I constantly remind people of something. Go back to April 17, 1775. It wasn't taxes. It wasn't housing issues. It wasn't a massacre with the local government. It was when the government said, we're coming to take your weapons. This is powder. Right. It was a powder shortage. Right. It was the it like was we're having the, now. Yeah. It was the exact same thing. We have been fighting this since that day in Lexington and Concord with whatever government rules over us. You know, back then it was the British government. Now it's our own government. This fight has never not been a fight. And for anybody to have this idea of, oh, well, we're going to go back to normal when we didn't fight it. So we're going back before 1775, because since then. This has been an entrenched fight, and the rest of the world has looked at this fight, and we've got countries that were former Soviet blocs that have now adopted a Second Amendment, and they're having the same fight. This is a human fight for a God-given right, and it's not going to change. So anybody that's got this idea that there's a magic bullet, no pun intended, there isn't. Well, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? Yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, it's true, you know, and, and it's, it's it's kind of the sad thing is sometimes we're bearing bad news, or we have to go do this, we have to go do that. Well, yeah, we do, you know, we do. Your rights aren't free, and if you don't defend them, they're gone. And I'm sorry, but we have a horrid enemy in this country that are after your rights now. Okay, fine. I like hunting. I like shooting. I like defending myself. Right. So. I'm a Second Amendment advocate, but understand this, folks. Maybe you are not. Maybe you're just driving around in your car and you have to, to listen to the station here, um, which is a great station, by the way. But you happen to be listening, and, and we just popped on. You're like, what are these guys complaining about all the time? Look, when the Second Amendment goes, it all goes. Uh-huh. It all goes. We're already seeing big tech, Facebook, Google, all these guys censor your First Amendment, right? Who's standing up and fighting against that? The Second Amendment community. Who else? Crickets. Right. Your local churches, are they? I mean, who else is out there fighting this? They're not. So your First Amendment's gone. When your First Amendment, you can't communicate what you feel, what you think, what you know to be true. You're you're an intellectual slave. You have to parrot what is being taught. You have to parrot what the government says, what the mass media continues to tell you. And anything other than that is divisive thought. You're a uh, you're a you're a a domestic terrorist because you don't believe Nancy Pelosi is the best thing for this country. You know, those things are, that's the first one. What happens after that? Private property, search and seizure, right to privacy. You know, all these other things, uh, trial above your peers. Look, cancel culture has taken out trial by your peers. Right. Big tech companies have come in and just pulled people. Alex Jones disappeared overnight. He had a very profitable organization. Whether he said some things he should never not, did he deserve to be destroyed, right? And if he deserved to be destroyed, how do we have people on the flight logs from Pedophile Island that are still out there in government? Again, no names. If the initials are Bill Clinton, so be it. 
with no names. Seriously, I mean, you want to talk about cancel culture, right? Everybody listens to Michael Jackson records. Uh, No problem with that, right? Anyway, that's enough of my pet peeves. Wait a minute, wait a minute. This whole show is about my pet peeves. So I guess we're not going to get off of that. We're going to be on that for a while. But that's that's the whole point is, is that we have to realize that your Second Amendment is the cornerstone for securing our rights. The Second Amendment started April, April 17th, 1775, Battle of Concord and Lexington, when the British were coming to take the firearms that were stored. Now, why weren't firearms stored in your home? Or, or they were, but why weren't the bulk of them stored in your home? You're dealing with black powder. Uh-huh. And everybody had open flames in their homes to heat them. So you don't want two pounds of black powder next to your stove. So that's why you had powder magazines stored away from the homes and out in the country, right? It's different today. But that's why some people would say, well, they didn't have personal possession of firearms. They did. But for safety reasons, because they weren't idiots, they didn't have 22 pounds and a keg of black powder in their house. If you did, you did it once. Yeah. And then you rebuilt your house. <laughs> <laughs> no, somebody else rebuilt the house yeah. on a nice... Nice cleared land that your house used to be on. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it, that's, where it's, that's why it's so aggravating. And to hear it poo-pooed or, or you're just a gun nut, you know, you hear that a lot. Or you're just a gun nut. And, and sometimes we're our own worst enemies. If, you know, guys are just talking silly in, in a crowd. You know, we need, to, we need to understand, read the room, as my wife would tell me. Um, and... and, and explain things in a thoughtful manner, not just in a slogan. Yep. All right. So what else we got on tap here, boss? So, uh, you know, micro stamping is back in vogue with Chu with AB 1478. And now he wants to micro stamp a lot of other parts of the gun. Obviously we're opposing it because the entire statute of what was assembly bill 2847 passed in 2020 is unconstitutional. And we're litigating that. So we're obviously fighting anything that goes with that. And then um, the last of the assembly bills for now, because they have a bunch of uh, placeholders. Placeholders, yeah. But it is enhancements. And this basically is designed to, when someone uses a a gun in a commission of a crime, it's to take them from 10, 20, 25 years down to one, two, three years, basically making a slap of the wrist. And uh, we've got to stop that from happening. That's the exact. Okay, we're going to talk about that when we come back because that is the exact opposite of what we need to do. Folks, Philip Naiman with Rick Travis, California Rifle and Pistol Association. Join us. Get in the fight. Get off your couch. We'll be back after this. Hi, folks. Philip Naiman from Firing Line Radio Show. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated million dollars for civil liability, and many other benefits. 
You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at CCWSafe.com. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Conan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentation of your women. That is good. Hey folks, Philip Damon, Fireline Radio Show. Check out our podcast at FiringLineRadio.com. Also, we're making a move over to Gab, G-A-B, Gab.com. We just want to make a preemptive move because... As we're talking, Facebook does whatever Facebook wants. The big tent, the big uh, tech companies are are not Second Amendment friendly. Gab seems to be the way to go. So we're making some moves over there. I will start posting more as I figure out these new technologies, posting more in that direction. So join them. Join early, join often. One of the most disturbing things I've heard today is the crime penalty reduction that I just heard as we went here. So, you know, what stops criminals force the the fact that they might get shot in the face stops them from trying to take things from armed people uh, that a house might be armed. They won't pick that one. Or if they are caught or they have a certainty of being caught, if they're going to go to jail for a long time, that is another deterrent. So it's either force or, or long jail sentences are the only things that deter criminals. Uh, otherwise, they go into politics. So what the hell is California going to do? What is this bill, Rick? It's designed to reduce reduce the penalties down to make it a slap on the wrist while they're making you and me into a criminal. Tell them. Tell them what it is, though, again. Yeah, basically what this does is it's taking the existing penalties, which are called enhancements. Someone goes and commits a a rape, uh, a murder, an armed robbery something like that, and they have a firearm, that puts an enhancement of 10 years for those felonies, 20, 20 more years if you know they discharge in the commission, 25 if they take someone's life. That would drop it down to one, two, and three years respectively, which what you have to realize, that now puts it under that bar, oh, we have an outbreak like COVID, the flu, the governor can now let them go to protect them from getting those flus or COVID by putting them back on the streets which means the person that used a firearm in an aggravated um, crime Violent against manner. another person is now out back to do it again. Well, so somebody would say, why would they do this? Okay, remember, everything they do has a purpose. It, uh-huh. Their purposes are different from ours. We want people to live good lives and take care of themselves. They want to have a, a society that they can control at their own whim. They have to do that by disarming people. So... If they do this, and basically crime with a firearm is free, will you get more of it or less of it? When shoplifting went from anything under $950 is basically nothing, did shoplifting go down? Oh, no. Addictions for shoplifting went down. Shoplifting went through the roof, right? And all of us are paying higher prices to cover those expenses. So what's going to happen with this? If there's no deterrent for using a firearm, is firearm use in a violent manner going to go up or going to go down? It's, it's going to go up and they're doing that. So then they can say, look at the crime spike in firearm crime. Right. Now we need to take the guns away. Right. 
Hence why I said they're crossing the Rubicon because they're just, it's all out. And but this, but see the, okay. The issue here is now, not only are they crossing the Rubicon, it's a river of blood because yep. now you have people being raped, people being shot, people being murdered, innocent people and in drive-bys, you know, a loose bullet hits a kid because these guys are idiots. You know, there's blood that they have allowed for their own political purposes. And that is absolutely the worst thing. That is chicken stuff. And we absolutely need to stop this stuff. That, that is infuriating. The veins in my neck are popping through here. Um, and you, you even have one more good thing you want to talk about before we get off the air. <laughs> We're not even done with that one. So here we go. Senate Bill 264 was launched. Initially, it was just state property, which was bad enough. But what it, it says is that any state officer, employee, operator, leasee, licensee of any state property can no longer contract, authorize, allow the sale of a firearm, ammunition, or precursor part on state property, which was similar to the bill we talked about earlier today. Except this bill now jumps in county properties. And so now the issue is, you know, what can you do on a county property? Uh, pretty much nothing. And it means areas for us to have fundraisers, areas for us to have a gun show, areas of us to be able to sell things that would help people know how to be safe with firearms have pretty much been wiped off the book if this goes in the law. Yeah. And so it also goes after some things that we have questions on. And obviously, this was just amended yesterday, like at about 430 in the afternoon. So we're still dealing with it this morning, which is typical of them. But they're trying to push this as fast as they can to get through. And the issue with this kind of thing that we got to get people to realize is this, you know, there's a lot of things that we don't think about. But when we go to do activities from shooting sports um, to hunting activities with youth and stuff, a lot of times, hate to say this, actually, I don't hate to say it because what happens, but there are firearms and ammunition involved. So where does this end once they get it through? That's the big question. None of us know that. And so we've got to stop this because this impacts everybody. And this impacts everybody because the state, I think, is frightened because we have a million new gun owners in California. And they're trying to shut them down from learning how to take care of that new firearm and their newfound rights that they didn't know they had prior to COVID highlighting all this. You look like you're about to explode. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no wonder I haven't had six or seven strokes doing this show. <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, you know, and then Portentino follows out with another bill that, um, if you remember, Senate Bill 914 that, you know, got vetoed last in uh, 2020. He's redone that and he's going after, um, it's, it's a very convoluted bill. You almost need a, a couple of law degrees to understand it, but he's going after firearms transfers eligible youth purchases, hunting licenses, everything, trying to stop as many ways as to transfer, process the sale, loan of a firearm, you know, um, returning the firearm to the person that made the sale, which goes back to something you had said off air about, like, if you buy a firearm and it's broken, this would make you stuck with it. Um, It's just very convoluted, so we're going after that. And then, uh, like I said earlier, they have several placeholder bills 
and just waiting, I think, to see what comes down nationally and reintroduce the, yeah, me too type of bills. So that's where we're at in this fight. And uh, it's getting very, very tough, very, very quick. Right. So I, I bounced out there on my connection, but uh, we'll pick you up here real quick. Um, next week, we'll talk about something fun here. Next week, uh, I guess it's March 6th. On the March 6th show, I have Mike Glover on. Are you familiar with Mike Glover? No, I haven't. Uh, Fieldcraft, field um, former Special Forces guy. He's got a bunch of training going on, which is really amazing because it's not just you know high-end shooting stuff, but Fieldcraft. He's got survival in the woods. He's got uh, vehicle preparedness. He's got all these other things coming on. So we're going to talk with him next week. Um, Mike Glover Fieldcraft is uh, the name of his company. They're based out of Heber, Utah. And so I'm pretty excited about that because you know what? There's only, we have, we have to look for the bright side. We're fight, 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 fight. And then there's some good stuff on the shows, right? <laughs> Looking for that. Rick, uh, anything special you have going on this year that you're uh, excited about? Yeah, excited about a couple of things. Um, I was excited that we defeated the Bear Belt early on in the season. Yeah, so that's, a victory. that's a victory. And uh, I'm also excited that we're being able to uh, go up and work with a lot of the different sheriff's departments and their staff on CCWs. Uh, L.A. County, which was something that I never thought I would see, is sending uh, people up there because they're starting to kind of like follow in San Diego's deal, starting to open up the CCW process to people. And so I think that's a, a big move in a positive direction. Uh, we've got people from around the Bay Area coming in, and we even have some local police departments um, in all parts of the state that are coming in. Their police chiefs trying to issue CCWs. So I think this is a, a really good move, um, and I'm really, really happy to see that we're able to do that. And we're trying to get some events rolling out. I mean, we're have to dance between the COVID restrictions and and different people's viewpoints on that. Um, you know, and I, I will just say on your show, I know COVID's real because uh, I spent eight days in the hospital fighting it. Right. So, right. yeah, um, I'm not one of those people that thinks it's a it's something made up by the government. Definitely isn't. But I, I also believe that, you know, we, we got to find ways to come together. And so part of that's like we said earlier, the chapters and how they're meeting. But it's also find some creative ways to bring people together, raise money, raise awareness and have a good time. Because, you know, being able to participate in the Second Amendment is a sheer joy for many, many people. And it's not the Elmer Fudd stuff that's been made up by the opposition. Very glad that uh, it was only eight days and you're doing better. So yeah. that's fantastic. Okay, folks. So next week we have Mike Glover. And remember now, be kind, reach into your checkbook, send some money to the California Rifle and Pistol Association. Uh, if you're not making enough money, come see me, right? Cornerstone Christian CWM will help you out with that so you can give more money to the California Rifle and Pistol Association. There. That, that is a shameless plug. Rick, thank you for your time. Glad you're doing you. better. Folks, we'll see you all next week. God bless. Shoot, Felipe. Shoot. When you have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Vortex Optics, Vortex, the force of optics, and by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. AM 590, the answer.